You are listening to the Her Money Matters podcast, episode 63. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast, the podcast to help you take control of your finances. Join your host, motivational money coach, Jen Hemphill, as she shares with you practical, simple money insights and real-life stories by women like you. Let's get to it. Welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. And as usual, I am grateful that you chose this podcast out of the thousands and thousands of podcasts to choose from. So I really, really appreciate that. Now, it has been a busy couple of weeks here as we wrapped up enrollment for the Fearless Money Sisterhood monthly membership program. I loved everyone's support and excitement. Those that join, I am so happy to have them in there. And I won't be opening up again for another couple months, but the good news is you can still join our free community if you haven't done so over at jenhemphill.com forward slash community. Now, today we continue the August theme of the different life situations and how it applies to money. And today, our special guest uh, is going to be talking about just a really difficult topic about becoming a widow too soon. And I know that she is going to inspire you, make you laugh, and tear up too. Now, what you'll learn about in today's episode, the surprises she encountered becoming a widow that no one warned her about, the best advice she has when losing a spouse too soon, the permission she has given herself that has given her some peace, and the challenges that she is still dealing with six months later. Now, let me share with you a little bit about Ramona. Ramona Rice is a professional content marketer who hosts a popular sports gal podcast where she helps people share their own love of sports. When she isn't working, she's usually hanging out with her tiny humans. Now, I've gotten to know Ramona a little bit. And like I mentioned, she is this powerful, dynamic woman and lives unapologetically. So I know that you'll enjoy this interview. So let's not delay and let's go ahead and meet Ramona. Welcome Ramona Rice to the Her Money Matters podcast. I am stoked to have you here and I'm really, really grateful that you're here to share your story. I, it's my pleasure, Jen. And I'm sorry, I was such a pain like booking. So um, you were so patient. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Things happen. It's it's life. It's life. So I wanted to start off so we can get to know you better. And Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about how you grew up around money, your money story. So my money story is like really in like as as a child, two parts. So um, my parents, my biological father, my biological mother, uh, were stupid <laughs> with money. And he was enlisted in the Navy and they just spent, spent, spent and were in debt. And it was bad. Like there were times where um, we had churches feeding us. And then they got divorced when I was about 11. And then my mom marries my stepfather and he's super rich. And so I have, I mean, literally it was like overnight, like wow. big, big house, pool, really ritzy neighborhood, like instant. It, it was crazy. And so it's an interesting perspective because money can sometimes trigger panic in me, but I've now been around someone who really manages his money very well. So it's an odd kind of, I'm almost like Jekyll and Hyde when it comes to money because of the way I was brought up. Right. And so in 
growing up, so you had the experience with your biological parents, then your mom remarried. And so what did, um, what did you learn from both scenarios? Or just that, from observation or from them talking to you about money and maybe maybe your yeah. stepdad sat down and talked to you about money. I don't know. Share with us. Yeah. So um, the biggest thing was that I knew I did not want my children living the way I did at first. And, and they kept it kind of hidden from me. You know, as a child, you kind of think, oh, this is just the way everybody is. And then when you go to another situation, you're like, wait a minute. No, this isn't how everybody is. Like there are people who save and invest and, you know, who own houses and own their cars and who, you know, don't necessarily buy everything. They wait and they save up for it. Or when they do buy, they make it significant and it's special. So um, those are the kind of lessons that I learned is that, you know, I had to realize as an adult, and I still struggle with this, that money's merely a tool and it could do really good things or really bad things. It just depends on how we use it. And sometimes I think we put a little bit too much, much emotion on it. And I'm very guilty of this. So again, we all like are. I, yeah, I mean, and it's hard not to be because what, it, you know, we automatically assume, oh, if you have every ounce of money in the world, you have no problems. And, you know, Biggie Smalls is like, no, no more money, more problems, you know, and it's, tr- cause it's true, you know, it's just different problems. So, you know, for me, the biggest thing was uh, my parents, honestly, they like the my stepdad tried to teach me how to budget. I didn't get it. And it wasn't until I was really an adult and on my own and in credit card and student loan debt that I finally was like, OK, I need to get it. And I had to, as an adult, kind of learn, even with such good role models. Sometimes you just have to go that path. Yeah. Sometimes it's about experiencing it on your own. Uh, sometimes you just don't get it right away. Just that's I've, I've been guilty of that too. My parents told me this and that. And until you experience and experience the pain, sometimes you have to fall on your flat on your face sometimes to, uh, to learn these lessons, unfortunately, as much as we want to teach people or as much as our parents wanted to teach, sometimes that's just how life is. So Ramona, you recently lost your husband. And again, my condolences. And I'm really grateful that you're willing to talk about this because I know it's going to help other women uh, mm-hmm. who've been in your shoes or those of us, because you don't know uh, if no, you don't. have to do. Yeah. Life changes in a snap of a finger. So I definitely feel this is just such an important conversation to have, even though if it's a difficult one to have. So it is. Yeah, he died six months ago of a stroke. And, you know, I tell people within six hours, I was a single mom. I mean, six hours. I mean, I woke up, we were supposed to fly out to a podcasting convention because I'm a fellow podcaster like yourself. And I was supposed to speak at a podcast convention and my world again, six hours, he's gone. And so everything changes. Everything. Everything. Oh, my. I'm, I'm just unimaginable. So yeah. tell us a little bit about how your man- money was managed before and then how that has changed. So um, my husband James and I, you know, when we first got together, we were really stupid. We were just stupid with our money. <laughs> we had credit cards and we're like, oh, we've got credit cards. We spent everything and it, we didn't have savings and it just it was stupid. And I you know, once I had a baby, I quit my good steady job suddenly. And in 2007, thought I'd be a real estate agent. Well, in 2007, you know, the real estate agent, Mm -hmm. everything collapsed. So, you know, long story short, we were struggling money wise, you know, we made a decent amount of money, and we just did not manage it well. So what we did was, 
I kept hearing on the radio this guy, Dave Ramsey. I'm sure you're very mm-hmm. familiar with him. Your yes. audience is very familiar with him. Love him. And so I started listening to his, his radio show and I'm like, this guy makes a lot of sense. And my husband's never one was never one to like take classes and courses and things like that. But I convinced him, let's just do this. In our area, there was literally only one class because they typically done in churches. This is back when it was just now starting to get really popular. So it was back in 2009, early 2009. So we go and we take the class and it was life changing because here was this guy who in very simple terms explained, this is why you save. This is why credit cards are bad. This is why you need to live on a budget. And this is how you do a budget. Like this is what investing is. And it was just really simple and it was something really attainable. And we were able to really hone in and we got really serious very quickly. And, you know, we liked it so much for a while there. He, James and I together taught it at our church. We brought it to our church. We loved it so much. Wonderful. It, it is, but then we slipped. And, and that's what happens. It's like a diet program. You love the diet program. You're an evangelist of the diet program. Then you slip because I decided to go back to school. And I you know, had to make the decision. I took out student loans. And for me, it was the right decision. Um, and I don't regret it, but it definitely wasn't a date principle. And so, you know, and we bought a house and things like that, that in ways he wouldn't have wanted us to. But it made sense. But we still understood somewhat how to budget our money. But the way it worked was is James, you know, would set up the bills and kind of set up the budget. And he was really bad about communicating exactly how much we were supposed to spend on groceries and things like that. So we kind of never seemed to catch up with that double debt snowball thing, like unless we were both working on it together. And towards the end of our marriage, before he died, you know, we made the decision we wanted to buy a bigger house. And so we were upset that in our current one that we bought. So, and it's a good investment. So we moved out of there and for a year we lived with my parents with my kids and they had enough room. And so we were able to rent it out. And I'm so thankful I did that because my kids and I are still here because Mm. it makes so much more financial sense for me to live with them. And also just the support for my children, particularly as, you know, we're all grieving daddy died. And so because of that, and because we, we got really serious the last six months of his life, really paying down a lot of debt and, um, you know, I mean, a lot of debt. So that was kind of exciting. And and it's weird. I I tell people when they ask me, it was like, it was like the last year of his life, we were preparing for him to go. And I didn't realize it, you know, and and it's amazing. I started, you know, again, I got into podcasting and started realizing, you know, Hey, I don't really want to work for a corporate job. I want to start my own business. And so we were Mm -hmm. working towards that. That was the whole goal of this was, you know, is doing that. And so now six months after he died, I'm doing that. I'm, I'm not working my nine to five. I quit <laughs> because, and, and we'll go into the financial reasons why. So he would manage it. He would make sure the bills were paid on time. Um, but strategically wise, I tried to tell him this is what I want to do. And I thought my way is the right way. And I think he kind of did it, but he didn't do it. But he handled the day-to-day money management of our money. He was the guy. It was very 1950s. He had the passwords. He had, and it wasn't like I couldn't have access to the money. I just didn't want to. Again, like I said, money scares me. Money was a trigger growing up. I didn't want to deal with it. And he knew that and he was fine, you know, updating Quicken and doing Excel spreadsheets and he was happy. Great. That's great that he, I mean, it's great that he was doing that. And then you also mentioned you didn't know the passwords. Um, Yeah. So you just let him... I just let him handle it. You let him handle it. So then the unbearable happens. So mm-hmm. what has changed now? So because you didn't know the passwords, that that's what just that caught my ear. Uh, yeah. Sarah, so how, I mean, that was that a challenge? Uh, 
for some things. Yeah. Um, and I'm still dealing with some of it. So what happened was, is that we had to, you know, luckily we bank with a local bank that my family is invested in. So we're kind of higher up in the local bank. So we know a lot of the people, we brought a lot of business to this local bank. So they were very accommodating and getting everything transferred over into my name, you know, everything that needed to be done. So I have access to it. They basically um, custom, like we had our bill pay system within the bank and they custom built it for me. So I didn't have to re-enter in all those accounts. They just moved it over and it took like two weeks for them to do that for me. But they did that. I was so lucky. That is great. You know, again, things like all the credit cards, you know, he had all the logins on his computer. So I had to, you know, change access so I could get into his email so I could get into all the credit cards and change them all to my name and, you know, all the passwords and things like that. And there are still times I forget and I have to go back and look at my notes and, and that sort of thing. And maybe, you know, re-log into credit cards. I'm like, what is this one? Um, I still haven't figured out a really good system that works for me yet about making sure things are paid. So right now I've basically for all, cause I don't have a lot of like monthly bills. I do have credit cards, obviously. I make sure at least the minimums are paid by setting up automatic like at least the minimum. So I don't get into like any bank fees. And then I look and go, okay, I need to pay this one. I need to pay this one. So I I do that just because, you know, again, as I'm adjusting to my life without him, Mm -hmm. the last thing I want to focus on is money, to be honest. And, and it's an important one. Things like I had to get health insurance because, Mm -hmm. and we found out actually he had lost his health insurance. His company was failing and they weren't paying the health insurance. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. We, that was one of those surprises. Like, Oops, some surprise, surprise. And he knew about it. He didn't tell me. And there was a lot of things money-wise he didn't tell me. And I think because he didn't want to worry me. Because, because he knew money was a trigger for you. So that's right. he was right. trying to protect you in a way. But it made it worse. It, it made it a lot worse. Because oh then I'm angry goodness. at him. I'm angry at him going, why didn't you treat me like a grown-up? And, and, and you know, so it's, it's those kind of things. And um, he has a PayPal account. I, I'll give you a really simple example. He has a PayPal account that I cannot get access to for whatever reason. PayPal is being such a pain about it. But I've started a business where I'm getting paid by PayPal. And I really want this PayPal account to be linked to this bank account because this bank account I've had since I was like 16 and don't pay any fees on it all. So I don't want to open a new checking account, but I'm probably going to have to open a new checking account. I probably would have to anyway because it's a business, but you know, mm-hmm. it's just it's just a sheer, it's the logistics of it is what right. I'm saying. So the right. biggest advice I can give anybody, you know, I'm 36 years old. I was not expecting my husband to die of a stroke at 37. So the biggest thing I can tell you is today with your partner or whoever else manages money with you, get the password somewhere, write them down and put them in a security deposit box at your bank. Get them somewhere where everybody knows where everything list out everything because you don't know what's going to happen. And it is, it'll take you a couple hours to get all this stuff organized. But let me tell you, when you have something like this happen and you're having to make such details right away, you need to have a plan because, you know, I think I remember, I think it was Dave's head this, you know, don't make any major financial decisions for a year after you lose someone. And he's absolutely right because you're out of your mind because there's, there's a lot of emotion going on. So, so the, much there's you don't want to deal with the other details. I mean, me trying to focus taking care of you and then taking care of the kids and their emotional needs. Right. And then like, again, hospital bills and, you know, making sure the death certificates are sent to places. I'm very lucky that my parents have gone through the deaths of their parents. So they knew like how many death certificates to buy. You want at least 10 to 12 and they're not cheap, but you're going to need a, you're going to need a dozen. 
I applied for social security benefits for my children immediately in March. He died in February. It's July. Still haven't gotten them. So you got to prepare for there are going to be delays and so much red tape. And if you are a person like myself that gets bogged down by that, get with somebody who's really good at dealing with that. For me, it's my stepfather. And for whatever reason, he's so good at these details. Enlist a friend, enlist someone you trust that can help you with some of these things because you're just not thinking straight. Right. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. So your surprises were from passwords to the health insurance, the cost of the death certificates. Cost of the funeral. I mean, you know, he was cremated. It was about $6,000 altogether. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the surprise of how generous people are. I was amazed Aww. when it happened. One of his childhood friends started a GoFundMe fa- page, and my my children and I got almost like twelve thousand dollars. It was Aww, crazy. It was so, is... ni- but but it was so nice. I, I'm not even gonna lie. Right. And it was needed. It was needed because I I knew I had a buffer. I knew I had a little Absolutely. bit of safety because because of his health reasons, we couldn't get um, health insurance for him. I mean, not health insurance, but life insurance for him. I have two policies, one for each child mm-hmm. now because of that, because I'm so terrified that if something were to happen to me, I want them to be able to pay off the house so they have that investment and they've got enough so that whoever takes care of them and then I've got a will. So I, I, have a, I who will take care of them because I'm it. Right. And, you know, and there's there. She just turned eight and he's nine. So they're little. And so it's these kind of things. And these are things we don't want to talk about. They're so important. And if you love the people you're with, you will have these plans in place so that if the unimaginable happens, they can focus on the healing that they need. So I got again, I'm very lucky. I have an amazing support system and family that loves me and that has enough common sense and connections to get the things I need. But so many young widows do not have this. Right. And that's great that you have. And because I'm sure, I mean, that's, I, I just can't imagine not having a s- support. I can't imagine it to begin with. And right. then to not have that support around you uh, of people that can help you with those details. I mean, things that you weren't expecting, right? That you weren't, you're, we don't think from a day to day. So that is definitely a blessing. And what are some challenges? that you are experiencing now? I know you've touched up on up, upon some of them, but I don't know if you want to speak to some others. Yeah. So um, one of the challenges right now is my income um, because I made a decision after talking to my parents. I looked at how much I was making at my job that I liked, uh, but I had to commute a long way, almost an hour back and forth, which was fairly long. And after I... Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. I took out their health insurance plus childcare. It made no sense for me to work outside the home. It made no financial sense. So I made the decision with my parents and they and this summer the kids needed me. We just needed the three of us to spend as much time together. And so right now I'm building a private client list because I'm a content marketer. I'm paid to be the community manager podcast website. So that's income. And then I'm launching a new company called Spapreneur, which I'm very excited about. 
But, you know, it's still, it's a lot of money going out <laughs> to start a company and then, you know, no money coming in. So that, that was one of the biggest kind of like, uh, worries, the challenges of dealing with social security. You cannot rely on it. Um, eventually I'll get my benefits, but we've had to contact our Senator and he's had to get involved. And that's a shame. Um, cause it, it's a fairly simple thing. If you think about it, I mean, there's no way to not, I mean, he's definitely dead. I mean, <laughs> I'm going, hello. <laughs> um, this, this is a pretty, and I've, I've sent everything in. So just with the red tape of the social security has been like very interesting and then just you know it, it's little things that pop up bills you weren't expecting he had an american express card i had no idea about that was interesting mm. he, he and had a long talk about that and you know when i was going through that figuring out things like quicken um because i have a mac and he had a pc and obviously quicken is i hear it's much easier to use on pc than it is on on my macbook so i, I you know figuring out a but a, a, a software like right now it won't let me download things it's the oddest thing so it's those little things hiccups that you know it's just like oh it but adds up though those little things can amount to a yeah. lot and just stress and frustration. <laughs> yeah. So what I've decided to do is honestly is just not panic, not make any major decisions right now. Keep the plan that he and I were following before he died. So don't, didn't make any changes. Like we were planning on me quitting my job anyway to stay home with the kids this summer. So I did that. We were planning on me launching this business. I'm launching it. It starts September 1st, you know, and, and we were planning these things. And eventually it will all work out. Right now, I have a roof over my head. The children are fed. We're fine. I can right. afford health insurance. You know, I'm one of the few people that's like, yay, Obamacare. I'm one of the few because I'm going, <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't be able to afford it. And that's the truth. So I'm like, you know, and uh, I, apparently I'm a unicorn, but whatever. Uh, you <laughs> <So> know, funny. <laughs> but it's true. And that's those sort of things. So, you know, I think for me, just taking the breath and going, okay, Get the bills paid that you know need to be paid each month. Make sure Netflix is paid so you can watch all your fun shows that keep you happy. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's those little things. And then making sure each month budgeting for expenses, doing my savings and just remembering that it's all on me now. But there's also there's a freedom in that. Mm-hmm. I don't have to now. I don't have a partner who's like, well, I want to do it this way. I get to do it everything my way. Mm-hmm. There's kind of something freeing about that and exciting. That's some great insight there because you don't think about those things until they happen. And I think it's great what you're doing right now. Um, take care of the, what you need to take care of on the finance like you're doing on the, with your money. And then in due time, you can do other things that you need to do with the money. But I think right now what you're doing, focusing on is enough, especially because you've got so much on your plate right now. So I think... That's wonderful. And tell us a little bit about the, the spapreneur, that, the business that you're launching in September. I'm curious. Sure. So um, my family actually owns a very large, successful day spa here in um, Virginia, where I live, and it's been open 20 years. And so we're taking all the systems, all the processes, all the things that we've learned over 20 years on how to run a day spa and we're packaging up together. So for independent spa owners who often are very good at giving massages and facials and doing great nail care and skincare, but often don't have the business kind of brain, we're basically kind of their business partner saying, this is how you run a front desk. This is how you get clients booked in. This is how you manage your books. You know, because it's important. And so too often, all they want to do is like, I just want to rub bodies and help people. It's like, well, that's great, but you got to pay your landlord. Absolutely. So so it's those kind of things. So um, there's there's not too many people really serving this market. So I'm really excited about that. That is. That is a great niche. I I think so. 
And we know it um, because we've lived it. You know, my mom was my age when she started. So there's something nice and really comforting about that um, to know, like, you know, she was the same age as I am. And so she's a silent partner in the actual business of it. But we're going to be hosting a podcast together. So she's going to be saying all of her fun stories. Because let me tell you, Ace Boss. Yeah. I can imagine. (laughs) You, you just, you have no idea when people take off their clothes, they lose their minds. That's all I got to say. And so, um, after 20 years, you've seen some stuff. And so we're going to take, um, a lesson, like a story that she's experienced and then tie a lesson into it, what people can learn from us. So it's going to be a lot of fun and it, it's fun because it, it's almost her legacy. So I get to celebrate that. that is and, cool. um, yeah, it's good. It's a really fun project. So I've got a due date of September 1st. I put that out there. I'm, I'm part of a mastermind. Um, and so I put it out there. That's the date. And so I'm feverishly working towards getting everything ready to go. Oh my gosh, that's exciting. And then a podcast with your mom and her sharing those stories. I have to listen. To I'm all curious now. <laughs> Even yeah, though I'm, I'm not going to be opening up a day spot, not, not anytime soon, unless for some reason things change. But uh Oh my goodness, that that is exciting. Very, very exciting times. So tell me a little bit about the best money you've spent. Oh, the best money I've spent was probably we took the kids to Disney World in 2011. And the reason it was the best money we spent, it was about $11,000 altogether. Some of it was a gift, some of it was us. We were celebrating me graduate from, from college. I graduated from the University of Virginia, go who's. And my children, you know, I was pregnant with my daughter when I started. So she was like, um, what, five, like four or five when um, we went. And it was the perfect age. He was like, yeah, because he was six and she was five and um, four. And it was just ideal. And there was this woman, but she was really into Tinkerbell. And so we we visited Tinkerbell and Tinkerbell rubbed the pixies all over Addison, my daughter. And then we go on the Tinkerbell ride and and the Peter Pan ride. And we start flying. I'm like, Addison, I whispered to her, Addison, your, your pixie source. And she just screams out, because oh, we brought my mother along. Grandma, Grandma, look, look, my pixie dust source, my pixie dust And my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, best vacation <laughs> moment ever. But That's back, fabulous. You know, I'm so glad we did that. And because, you know, that was a big vacation with daddy. Mm-hmm. So any of those moments where we spent money to do something together as a family. And then I've got one more. Um, my husband and I invested every year. I'm a big sports fan. I have a sports podcast um, called the Sports Gal Pat. And I'm a UVA fan through and through, despite them losing. <laughs> and so we have we have season tickets every year to UVA football. That's the best money I spent for our marriage part because our marriage was always strongest when we would drive three hours up and three hours back from Charlottesville because it was uninterrupted time without kids, without anything else. And we were just talking and we we're hanging okay. out. We were friends. Yeah. So that was, that was money well spent. So any... You know, any money that you can spend with the people you love, it's money well spent. I agree. I agree. How I know you mentioned Dave Ramsey. Would would he be your favorite money guru celebrity? Yeah, I think so. I think I like his practical advice. Some of the stuff that he talks about, I think he's a little too extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think credit cards can be used responsibly um, because I do because I pay mine <laughs> off. Right. Um, and you get points, you get other things. And I'm sorry, they're safer than debit cards online. They are. You know, because if I use my Amex online <laughs> mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's broken into, Amex gives me back my money, whereas the debit card, they may not. Exactly. And that's, yep, and that's there's the different that's, protections. There is. And you need to understand those. But I, I like him because he explains it in ways that are fun, that are practical. And he talks about, which I really think is important, the communication part of the marriage of, mm-hmm. you know, that. The other person I really like money-wise, um, I like the girl from Today Show, Jean. Oh, I can never pronounce Ch- her last I think I've, she's 
Yeah. Classy. But you need to talk about <laughs> Yeah. You linked her in the show notes. Yes. She's great. She gives great practical advice, really smart. Um, you know, and again, sometimes also too, just ask your grandparents because a lot of them survived the, the depression and they know how to save their money. I like that point. I like that point. Yeah. And Jean actually has a podcast as well called Her Money. So, well, there you go. Yeah. Awesome. How about, are you more of a cash person? I know you mentioned you use credit cards, but what is your favorite way of paying? I use a credit card a lot. Um, and the reason why is a couple of reasons. One, for the business reasons, it makes it so much easier to have it all in one statement. So I've got obviously business cards and I've got personal cards. And just for me, it's the, it's the security. When you carry cash around, it just, eh. I know that there's psychological triggers that if you pay with cash, it hurts more. It doesn't hurt me more. It, it does not hurt me more. I have no problem spending money. If I have money, I have money. But I just having cash around just worries me because I'll lose it. Um, whereas a credit card, for some reason, I don't lose. So I, I like to use a credit card. Plus, again, because I travel a lot for my job, miles, things like that, it starts adding up. Right, right. Yeah. And for me, for some reason, cash, it feels like if if I have it, I spend it and I don't. I'm not accountable to it. And that's yes. how my brain works, even though not everybody's like that. So I tend to do more the debit and the credit for certain things. Um, but the cash for me, because of those reasons, it just, if I have it, it's just, I'm not accountable to it. And I just kind of spend it. And I'm like, well, that was supposed to be for, I don't know, groceries or whatever. Uh, so that's, that's my challenge uh, for me for cash. And would you say you're a saver or a spender? I'm a spender. I'm a spender. Oh, I'm a spender. <laughs> and it's funny, um, you know, they don't tell you this um, in grief counseling. You spend a lot of money because you're filling up time because you don't want to be home. <laughs> so you, yeah. you go to sports. You're like, here, I'll buy new clothes because that'll make me feel good. And, you know, you, I had like all the closet to myself now. I had to fill it. So I did that, uh, you know, and I don't regret it. Um, <laughs> you know, some of it I don't wear, but I'm kind of going, oh, I probably should have made wiser decisions. But whatever. It'll, it'll all work out. Um, it yeah. will work out for sure. I, I am definitely a spender, but I'm, I see the intelligence and the the very I value people who can save money but I also don't want to be and it's funny because I'm starting to date and I'm starting to see guys that are really generous and guys mm -hmm. that are really like stingy and I'm like no we don't like the stingy ones <laughs> you know it's okay to like my, my stepdad as a great example of this he knows how to save money but at the same time he's very generous when it's time and I think that's important right right absolutely and what advice would you give a woman that has gone through what you've gone through? What would be the best piece of advice? The biggest thing is, again, find somebody who can help you make decisions without emotion. Your emotions are super high. When you're dealing with grief at this level, you feel everything. You feel the highest joy. You feel the deepest, darkest sadness. And the last thing you need is for money to get involved in any of that. You need somebody you trust and if it's a financial advisor, if it's your banker, if it's like me, your stepfather or a father figure or your mom or your sister, whomever it is, you need somebody that can unemotionally handle the money details for a while. It's okay because you may not be in a state where you can or get it set up to where things just are automatically paid, like the minimums. It's okay. If you carry a balance, it will be okay. Right. It's not going to go anywhere. It'll, it'll wait for you. So it'll be definitely yeah. okay. You might spend more on interest in the long run, but you know what? It's better to make a smart decision because for me right now, I could pay, I've got a little bit of a credit card balance because I've been traveling a lot. I could pay it all off right now 
from the funds that are liquid in my bank account, but then I would have no cash reserves. And for me, I feel like that's very foolish right now. I'd rather carry a balance on a credit card right now than re- remove my cash reserves because we I don't know if I'll need those or not. You just right. don't know. Right. And you're giving yourself that permission and, and not feeling guilty about it, which is good because I think that's something that we tend to do because you're not supposed to carry about, you know, that of the things of what we're not supposed to do with money. Right. And yeah. sometimes in our, I talk a lot about how personal finance is personal and unique, but even though those, that advice has good intentions, they don't know what you're dealing with at the moment. They don't know your particular situation. So you have to give yourself permission uh, and acknowledge your situation like you've done uh, and do what's best for you at that moment. So I think that is great that you're doing that. Well, this has been so great, Ramona. You've given so much, so so many good nuggets, a lot of information that I think is going to be valuable uh, for others. And so I really, really appreciate that. So as you know, this podcast is about making money simple and taking control of it. How would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because it equals freedom. You know, when you have enough money in the bank, you get to make really good choices. You know, the difference between a headache is having aspirin or not. So if you have money, you have money to buy aspirin. If you have enough money, you have money to travel. If you have enough money, you have the opportunity to quit your job so you can focus on your children while we're all recovering from a major trauma. And there's the difference is that I was lucky I had a safety net that could allow me to do that. Beautiful. Thank you for that. And I am going to be sure to put the info of where to find you for Sport Gal Pal, your podcast, the mm-hmm. Spapreneur as well, because I'm excited about that. I'm not even, I, I want to know the stories. Honestly, that's what it is. I want to know the stories. <laughs> I mean, what is talked about? Because I'm just imagining. Uh, I'll be definitely entertained. You can't even imagine some of the stories. <laughs> some of that you're just like, you guys are making this up. We could be a reality show. It's really that good. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. So I really, really appreciate your time and sharing all that you shared with us, Ramona. Oh, it's my pleasure. Didn't I tell you Ramona was something else, right? I love, love her directness and just unapologetic way of being. And there was really something when we were chatting that really struck me. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But first, as usual, I have to give a shout out. So this week, I'm doing a quick shout out to Yvonne. She is a member of our free uh, Her Money Matters community. And this independent and super committed woman, I have to tell you, she is on a path. She's determined to retire in uh, 10 years. So she's being super aggressive in doing so. But... I also wanted to tell you that when she stops by the group, she's always stopping by with some sort of encouragement. She shares an interesting article. So I really, really appreciate that about you, Yvonne, for just contributing to the group the way that you do for your positivity. It's just really, really helpful. So I appreciate that, Yvonne. Now, as far as what struck me was Ramona's giving herself that permission to really take that one day at a time with her finances. She's she's obviously paying the bills, paying the minimums where she, where she needs to, and she's fine with that. Right now, she's not focused on getting out of debt as quickly as possible. She's focusing on healing. She's focusing on being there for her children uh, because 
honestly, the money can wait, right? The priority, the priorities right now are the healing and being there for children and just getting through or really, can you get through this? I don't know. But I wanted to bring this up because in life, sometimes we see these news stories or on TV about how much, you know, how bad the debt is, how people aren't prepared uh, to be to retire. And it gets us, you know, and if we fit that picture, we get all all upset or get overwhelmed or um, get stressed about it, right? But sometimes in life, you have to take care of you. And that's and that means giving yourself space in the brain to put the finances or getting out of debt, uh, putting more into retirement, those things to the side and be okay with that. Because in Ramona's case, taking care of her and those children, and especially during this difficult time comes first, right? The money can wait. In due time, she will get out of debt. In due time, she will do what she needs to do to get to where she, she wants to be financially. And that's completely okay. So I wanted to be sure that you get that message too, because and even it doesn't have to be losing a spouse. Like I mentioned, sometimes in life, depending on your situation, you've got to be honest with yourself. And I'm not telling, giving you this message or telling you about this to allow yourself to make excuses. Absolutely not. You just have to have that heart to heart talk with yourself and you know what's best for you, right? You know, in your gut what you should be doing. So that aside, I just <laughs> had to get that out there. So that is it for today. It is a wrap. I appreciate you uh, showing up today, listening to this episode. And remember, join us in our free a community at jenhempill.com forward slash community. Now, next week on the podcast, we talk to a guest who is a single woman. So she's going to talk to us from the perspective of a single woman. So I'm excited to share that with you. So I want to thank Ramona for joining us for just talking to us about such a difficult topic. So be sure to check out the show notes on where to find Ramona, her podcast, all the good stuff that she's up to over at jenhempill.com forward slash 63. So thanks again for joining me and I will talk to you next Thursday.